Um, this is something I've been, uh, I'd actually discussed with Greg kind of a bit. Uh, me and Greg actually got into talking about my family a bit uh, a few days ago. And uh, still kind of unsure about it. It's basically, uh, is it really necessary to, uh, to tell my parents that I don't want to be around them? Um, yeah. Well, can you just um, tell me a little bit about what's happened since our last conversation? Well, um, I think I've talked to my parents a grand total of once uh, since then, which is not a bad thing. Um, in the, uh, but uh, other than that, there's not really too much new that's to report about them. Um, well, have you, uh, in that one conversation that you had, uh, what, uh, what went down? Um, uh, in the, oh, as far as the last one, it was kind of one of those uh, regular talk about the weather type conversations. How about them Mets? Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. And have you had yeah. the impulse, uh, or what has happened to the impulse, if you have had it, to talk to them in more detail about uh, how you feel or the reservations that you have. I'm not saying that you should have or shouldn't have them. What the hell does mm -hmm. my opinion mean anyway? But uh, I'm just wondering where you stood with that. Um, well, I, I, the only explanation I can give is just that I was pretty much just kind of afraid to to bring that up again because, uh, as you know, that last conversation was not exactly uh, pleasurable. Right. And there was no, um, no follow-up or fallout from that conversation which gave you the sense that something more uh, positive could come out of it, right? So nobody called you afterwards and said, well, that went really badly. You know, we're sorry about this. And, you know, that oh, no. it was just everything <laughs> went into the memory hole, that, right? Thinking about that's almost laughable. <laughs> almost, um, right? Except, you know, it uh, laughed too hard. Really, seriously, it, right? as sad as that is, it's really, if they, would, if they actually did that and said, you know, Sean, I think we kind of uh, uh, ganged up on you a bit. Maybe, uh, maybe we should talk about this a little differently and maybe not so confrontational or something like that. Right. You know, Anybody but... who processes, I mean, it's amazing to me and just, just to sort of, I think, to validate your perspective as well. It's amazing to me just how people almost never circle back to important conversations and put forward additional processing. Yeah. Well, if it, if it was me, like, uh, for instance, if we had, if I had a, a heated conversation on the board or something like that and it really went bad and I said some mean things, or they said mean things to me, I mean, I almost would, wouldn't be able to sleep until I apologized to the person or told them, I'm sorry, you were right, I looked it up, or something like that. You know, it's, uh, it's quite a difference um, whenever I talk to my parents. It's, it's kind of odd in that case. I'm just like, aren't you supposed to be a little bit more enlightened than me? Aren't you supposed to be, like, the bigger person, quote-unquote? Well, I think that the common theme, and I'll put out a time stretch here and put myself in with your generation, but um, one of the themes that we face is that our elders do not seem to have even one-tenth of the emotional skills or emotional sensitivity that we have, and I, I don't know what, I don't think it's some genetic thing, I don't know what's happened, or maybe it's just an accumulation of psychological movements that have been occurring for the like last... It seems like it's been beaten out of them. Or, or something, but you'd think then it would have been beaten out of us too, Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's possible. I mean, that I escaped that. So. Yes. Yeah. No, I just, I think that we're facing, I mean, I, I've mentioned this before, but on just about every sitcom you see, the parents are buffoons who are completely blind and mm -hmm. unconscious and non-negotiable. 
Uh, and you see that, and I mean, that's part of it's. It's a. Um, I don't think it's a particularly modern. Uh, sorry, I don't think it's a particularly common classical sort of um, uh, comedic device like the fool, right? The, the guy who thinks he's a coward or who says he's really brave but turns out to be a coward. Those are standard comic types. But the blind and ignorant parents is a new phenomenon. Right? If you look at the parents in the sitcoms in the 60s or 50s, they were wiser. Uh, but uh, ever since sort of the 80s, uh, it's just been, and this is a generation I think that's, that's come up, we've just sort of said, well, our parents are almost like a different species. I mean, it's almost like uh, they're halfway to monkey and we're halfway to God or something. <laughs> and it is, it is very hard to, to, to cross that, that gap. And I, I've sort of found it to be impossible. But I just sort of wanted to mention that, that you're not alone in finding this massive gap of understanding or sensitivity when you talk to your parents in this way. Uh, I, I have no doubt. I, I think... Uh... Even some of the things I describe, uh, I've heard you talk about with your family. Um, as far as uh, some of the thing, uh, some of the experiences I've had. Right, right. So, okay, so you haven't had any particular desire to be back in contact with them. In fact, it seems like uh, the the very thought provokes you know flop sweats in your brain, which of course I can completely understand. Very but, much so. So the next question that you had is, is are, you, are you bound to tell them that you're taking uh, an indefinite shore leave from the sinking ship of family? Yeah. Um, and uh, I, guess, I guess it's sort of like I don't want them to think that, like, I've joined some dangerous cult or something like that, which is just, it's not the case at all. It's just me trying to protect myself. Right, right, right. No, I mean, uh, obviously, this, there's, there's nothing to join, right? <laughs> there's a board yeah. that's free. And, and of yeah, course, and I joining suggest, myself. Right, and I, I mean, I was just mentioning this on the Sunday show, that um, one of the things that helps you understand that it's not a cult is that I suggest, uh, Christine and I both strongly suggest, and repeatedly, that people uh, go to therapy, form a relationship with therapists. That's not something that cults really do, right? <laughs> they don't like it particularly when you form a yeah, yeah. outside the group. So, yeah, getting outside uh, opinions is not exactly cult-like behavior. Right. I mean, if it was a cult, the last place we'd send you to is therapists, right? Because then the therapist would say, you're in a cult, right? And so yeah, exactly. That's kind do. of a big red flag. Right. So I would say that you are not obligated to do anything with regards to your parents. I mean, that to me would be the, the basic starting point. Mm-hmm. That having been said, I would say that there are practical things that you can do that, are, that is going to ease the passage. And you would do those things not out of obligation, but out of practicality. Yeah, I, I think that's actually kind of what I was trying to get at with uh, the, 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 the two questions right there regarding, you know, if I sent him a letter, what would be in the letter? Um, just to, you know, because I don't want to make it confrontational because that really could make it worse. It will, it uh, will make I, it worse without a yeah. doubt. Uh, and at uh, at the same time, I don't want to make it so simple that you know they'll just uh, they'll rather bug the crap out of my brother until uh, he goes nuts and has to tell him or something like that. I don't know, or uh, uh, I don't know what happened. Jeez, um, but uh, I'm just I'm just trying to I'm trying to uh, if I decide to do this, you know, to to really take the to make the the leap, then I, I want to make sure. It's worth it, and I'm not just uh, starting a bunch of fires. Right, right. I mean, if, if, you, if you're not going to break out of prison, then don't try to break out of prison. 
right? <laughs> Why put yeah, you in Yeah, you don't want to fall in another prison. Might get shot in a leg or something. <laughs> that wouldn't make much sense. Yeah, exactly. If, that's, if that's Prison Break ended them with being dragged back into prison, you'd feel really gypped, right, in the show. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but anyway. Um, I would say that the most successful approach that I've seen for people who want to get out of a um, corrupt and destructive family structure is this. Um, if you say to your parents or send them a letter saying, uh, I've decided to take some time off from family relations to work through some issues of mine, I will get back in touch when I feel that it's right. Just and, leave it at that? And, and I would say, just leave it at that. The more they can, I mean, if you want to get out, right? I mean, you know, it's the old thing. Like, if you want your parents to think that you're home, you put, uh, you know, the, you put the uh, sleeping bag in your bed rolled up so that they think you're mm -hmm. that Ferris Bueller thing, you know? And, and the reason you, you, you want them to be able to project as much of their own dysfunction onto your image, right? Into their image of you in order to, to get out most productively or most peacefully, I guess, would be a better way of putting it. And so the best way to do that is to say, I have issues that I need to work on. Now, of course, that's true, right? I mean, because knowing a little bit about your family history, that is, um, that is the case. Well, well sure, and uh, I've got no problem admitting that. Right. Now, what they're going to say in their own mind uh, is that they're going to say, oh, good, he's realized that he's a bad kid or a bad seed or he did bad things to us or whatever, and, and so he's going off to work on it, and they'll let you go, right? Mm-hmm. And that's good, right? That's what you want. And so, right. um, in a sense, like if they think that you are just going to uh, go off and work on your own stuff and you're going to come back, uh, you know, contrite and, uh, well, you know, I've realized that, uh, you know, mom, mom and dad is always right and family is everything and blah, blah, blah. They'll let you go then on the complete assumption that you will be back. Mm-hmm. And the more that, you, that they believe that you are going to take, that, that you are taking all the responsibility and not blaming them, mm -hmm. the degree to which they think that is the degree to which your passage will be eased. All right. I can, I can see that. Right. Um, so it's, it's one thing, and, and there will be a backlash at some point. It certainly has happened to both Christina and myself. But what happens is this will buy you six to 12 months. Mm-hmm of relatively, now your, your parents may pester your brother and so on, but, but I mean, and I hate to say it, right, but, but that has nothing to do with your choice. Right? How yeah, your parents that's true. deal with your brother and your brother's choice to do whatever he wants with his family and so on, that's his choice. Yep. Right, so you can't adjust your behavior based on your brother's choice to stay in contact with your parents and your parents' decisions about blah, 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 right? Yeah, that's true, and uh, I mean... I mentioned that just because, I mean, I'm concerned about it, but at the same time, I, I do realize, you know, it's, uh, uh, I can't control him. Or them. And, yeah, or them either. You know, I, and uh, nor can I reform them. The only way they can be reformed is if they decide to reform themselves. Right, which is not something that you can hold out any reasonable hope for, again, just sort of based on the history that I've, I've heard. As far as I know. Well, I think it's as far as just about anybody would know. Like, I don't think it's a pretty, sub I don't think it's a very subjective decision. Um, well, sure. No, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm just. Uh, um, ah, never mind. <laughs> um, well, I mean, we. Um, the, the only reason that I say that is that 
I know that the, you know lots of movies and, and songs and books and so on are all about uh, people uh, waking up one morning and deciding to change their life, but uh, that doesn't really happen. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I said I, I'm not called the dream crusher for nothing, right? But that doesn't really happen. What does happen is that uh, people uh, almost always will do tomorrow what they did today, and they will do today what they did yesterday that there is nothing in the universe that seems more inert than the human personality in the absence of an extremity, right? And even I didn't change until after I was unable to sleep for 16 months or something. So Mm -hmm. there is uh, an extraordinary inertness, and this is particularly true when people get old, older, old, and their major life decisions are behind them, how they raise the children, the careers that they've chosen, the friends that they have, the relations they've had with their own parents who are probably now dead. Once people are in that phase of life, the possibility of change is, uh, I mean, you might as well say, well, I'm not going to go to Tibet. I'm going to wait for Tibet to come to me, right? Because <laughs> it, it has that likelihood. So I just, I just want to point that out because there isn't a sort of magic cloud of all changing pixie dust floating above the planet that keeps dropping randomly on people and they wake up with their eyes opened and their hearts opened and with change and so on. It, uh, it just doesn't happen. Uh, and so I just sort of wanted to point that out just so that um, whatever part of you that feels that this may be a possibility uh, that you can work to eject that, <laughs> so to speak. So I should work from the assumption that it won't change first and get comfortable with that. Right, uh, right. Like I don't assume. I, I go through my life assuming that I don't have some billionaire uncle that <laughs> I've never heard of who's going to die and leave me a whole bunch of money. Now, is it possible? I guess. It yeah. is possible, but I don't wake up every day and check my mail and say, God damn it, no check for a billion bucks in there? What the hell's yeah. going on? <laughs> right? So, yeah, I guess it's possible, but, um, uh, you know, it's not something that I put any hopes on. It's certainly possible, and I would sort of say that the likelihood is about the same. Again, you, can't, you never know. Maybe they get struck by lightning, it scrambles their brains in some positive way, but I would work from the assumption that uh, there is going to be no change whatsoever on their, on their uh, on their side, and uh, structure your life and your decisions accordingly, and uh, if the miracle does occur, then uh, the Vatican will ratify it, and you will be the first among everyone, right? <laughs> I mean, yep. Good for you, right? That would be it, great. It'll be the first rational proof of God. Yeah, I think so, or uh, not God. Maybe, yeah, probably not, <laughs> but, you know. So, yeah, so yeah. I would <laughs> just say send, send them a letter uh, that uh, allows them to put as much responsibility as they want to on you for the problems in the relationship, and also, uh, you know, I'm going to go and get help, and it's going to take some time and so on, and I will get back to you when I feel that it's appropriate. And, of course, that is an open-ended statement. Yeah. Right? Uh, and, and they will, of course, assume that that will be 6 to 12 months, and this will buy you some time, and they will ask your brother how you're doing and so on. And then you will get a chance, though, to establish a life and to, to feel what it's like without them in your life. Okay. Um... Well, um, I'm getting a little bit of a taste of that right now, but I guess it's just sort of like the obligation feels like it's still there. You know what I mean? It's like, it's sort of like um, hanging on by a thread. Your Uh, obligation to them? Well, eh, I'm not sure if I'm putting it in the correct way. Um, It's just like the sensation of obligation, if that makes any sense. Uh, well, I certainly obligation is a sensation. Uh, obviously, you don't have a legal contract, but um, yeah. uh, tell me more. Like, like you feel that a good son 
should uh, do X, right? A good son should be around them, should be there to help, should you know, be there to support them. Is, is that sort of what you mean? Yeah, uh, except it's sort of like, uh, it's like, it's like I know rationally that those things are, are not good reasons and it's not, uh, uh, so that part of my brain says, well, no, that's not correct. But I guess it's just sort of like that inbuilt emotional response that uh, I, I don't know. If, I don't think it's actually. I don't think it's innate, but I think it's learned. Uh, well, it's taught, I, right? It's yeah. taught. This is this is the. Um, you know, they always have these science fiction movies where there's some guy, like the Manchurian Candidate, but there's some guy, and he's got a trigger word, and when that trigger word is spoken, he becomes some homicidal maniac. Like there's something that's planted in him. That mm-hmm. then gives other people control whenever they want it over him, or like a hypnosis kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that same kind of thing occurs with parents, right? and particularly parents like yours. I'm not saying all parents, but but what they do is is they they create obligation in you. Uh, I don't know if you read on truth by the by chance. Yeah, I, okay. I, I, I did. So, I bought it. You know this mechanism, right? So they um, they they create uh, obligation in you. Uh, we love you, and family is everything, and so mm-hmm. on. But it's not your desire that 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 is created organically out of your interaction with these people, right? So when you interact with virtuous people, you want to do right by them. You want to do good things and so on. Yeah. But this obligation is your parents' button that they push to turn you into a compliant, all-giving, anxiety-reducing robot, right? The, the love robot or the, you know, the good son robot. This is, this is a button that they've put into you so that they can uh, get what they want from you. It's like the, the, the back door, so to speak, to, to, you, to control you. Sure. And, uh, yeah, I can understand that. Um, so um, uh, regarding uh, the third question, uh, which is a little bit down, uh, where I'm talking about, like, because basically right now, I mean, uh, I know you already touched on it, but, uh, like, if I, like, uh, for instance, somewhat recently at the beginning of this month it was my mom's birthday and uh, I felt obligated to call her to wish her a happy birthday so I caved and I did it uh, uh, sorry to interrupt you for just a second and no you know what I'm, I'm not going to be that rude please continue your thought I'm sure I can hang on to mine oh no I'm, I'm not uh, sorry um, but like even like I remember like that entire day before I, I had to call her, like, I'd put it off, like, an extra half hour. I'd be like, okay, extra half, we'll do it in a half hour. Okay, I'll do it in another half hour. And it's, like, this uh, big buildup of, uh, of in- anxiety um, def- and some frustration that uh, I get even before I even call them. And uh, uh, when, I, when I think about them, like, uh, whenever I think particularly about my stepdad, but even about my mom at times as well is sort of like hatred. I I I feel hate often when I think about them, and I'm not particularly sure if uh, that's all that healthy. But I'm sure it is to a point. But uh, is that what you're talking about? As far as when like uh, take six months off to try to work through certain things like that. Sure. I mean, I can, I can accelerate you down that path just a little bit because I know that you're a, a staunch and, and bright fellow. Um, when you say obligation, do you know what you're really talking about emotionally? Um, let me think. Um, do, I, what, do I know what I really think about it emotionally? Um, 
they're making me feel false guilt. Um, uh, guilt that's not based on, like, uh, uh, so I'm not making my own decision to be with them. It's just because I'm magically supposed to uh, want to be around them. Um, I don't know if I'm really... No, uh, you're definitely on the right path. You're, you're not Catholic, right? Uh, no. No, Thank okay. God. Well, you, you know this phrase, Catholic guilt, right? Yeah. The, the, um, the Catholics are supposed to be like notoriously guilt-ridden and, and so on. Mm-hmm. And Catholicism is one of the religions that uh, is one of the, most, uh, one of the strongest religions when, when it comes to punishments after death. Hell and so on. Mm-hmm. If you ever want to read something terrifying, pick up uh, the portrait of the artist as a young man and read through the description of hell that's in there. Uh, it is just absolutely sadistic and savage beyond words. And so when people talk about guilt uh, or obligation, almost inevitably what they're talking about is, and I can get you there in about 30 seconds if you like, um, what happens if you don't call your mom, right? What happens if you don't call your mom on her birthday? Um, I, feel, I feel guilty. And, I mean, that's, uh, that's I was, I, I mean, and I will admit fully that, I was managing my anxiety by calling her. Oh, no, no, I understand that. And I'm, I'm, again, I know that you, you understand that very well. But when I say what happens, what happens in your life if you do not do what, um, what is considered to be your obligation towards, uh, you know, your mother or your father, whatever, right? So let's say that you were uh, 13 years old and for some reason you completely forgot about your mom's birthday. What happened? Um, you know, I can't really, re- I, 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 I don't really know, uh, what would happen. Um, I can't recall a time like that. Um, as all far right, as so we'll, we, can, we can move it to something more recent. What would have happened if you did not call your mother on her birthday? What would the family have done? Uh, it's still something I'm not 100% sure on what would happen. Oh, you know. I know, I know, and I'm not even in this family, and I know what would happen. Um, I suppose I'd probably get a call, or, uh, uh, they would say, oh, you're not going to get any birthday presents or something like that, and whatever. Oh, I think based on what I've heard about your parents, uh, it would be a little different than that. Um... I, 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 I can't exactly, I don't, I, don't, I don't know exactly what would happen. Well, you do know. I mean, and I'm sorry to be annoying. <laughs> so it's you, all good. You, you do know because you made the call. Sure. Right? You don't just make up this, uh, this feeling that we're trying to get to here. Uh, this is, you don't just, we don't just make up, we don't just pick obligation out of thin air and decide to have it run our lives against our stated values. So, uh, as you say, you're not a big fan of your parents. In fact, you hate them. Uh, in, in many ways. And so to wish them a happy birthday would be against your values, right? Yeah, I would say right? so. I, I'm not very, I mean, <laughs> how, much, how much did the people who cause trouble on the boards, right, the Freedom Aid Radio boards, every now and then we get this troll fest, right? And mm-hmm. I have to ban some people. And uh, they've done me virtually no harm whatsoever. But I'll tell you this, I'm not tracking them and making sure that I wish them happy birthday. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right, so these are people who've done me virtually no harm as an adult. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, I don't feel any obligation to, to call them up and say, well, you know, I'm the guy who banned you from the philosophy side because you were, you know, a jerk. Uh, but I just wanted to call you up and to wish you happy birthday because that would be 
kind of <laughs> against my values, right? And yeah. these people did almost no harm to me as, as an adult, whereas these people did an enormous amount of harm to you when you were a child. So yeah. why, what are you avoiding? And it's not your own anxiety. I want you to understand that the internal anxiety that you feel is not something that you just made up for your own convenience, right? Mm -hmm. So what is the feeling that you're avoiding by calling your mother? Uh, um, and I know it's tough. And I, you know, again, I, I, I'm, I, try, I, I'm, I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I know it's tough, right? And, and the, it, it's obviously, it'll be obvious to you when, when it comes, but it's just that you're trained not to know this connection, right? It's not because you're not smart or anything. It's just, this is, this is the null zone that you're not allowed to know in your family structure. So, yeah, it, yeah and I, I know on the last call, we hit a few of those null zones. Sure. Um, I mean, I know there's fear attached to it. Okay, okay, well, let's pause there for a second and, and look at that. So, fear of what? So, if you don't call your mom on her birthday, what happens? I guess the worst case scenario is them calling me up and giving me a speech or something. I don't know. Right. Uh, and that speech would be composed of what? Most likely insults and guilt trips. Well, it would be character assassination. Yeah. Right. Uh, this would be swinging the big, heavy, ugly moral club of you're a bad person, you're, you're an ungrateful son, your mother does everything for you and you can't even be bothered to lift up the goddamn phone to wish her happy birthday, that uh, you are just selfish and, uh, and uh, your mother is crying and look at everything that you do. I mean, I'm just making it up, right? But I mean, this, sure. this would be the kind of thing that would occur, which would be a savage attack on your character. Yeah. Um... I can I think I sort of see where you're getting at like um I'm I the so some of the fear that I'm having is that um I'm afraid they're going to call me a bad person when I don't feel that I am a bad person. Well, there's that sort of not that it's not in the present, right? I mean if somebody comes up to me in the street and says, "You baldy, you're a bad person," right? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. "Okay, well, that doesn't bother me much, right?" Because yeah. I have no history, he doesn't know anything about me. Mm -hmm. It's not that they would call you a bad person in the present. It's that that threat has been omnipresent for you from day one. Mm -hmm. And it has occurred for you, and it may, be, it may have occurred earlier than you can remember, where you got attacked for being selfish or being lazy or being bad or being ungrateful or being whatever, right? But that is what occurs in dysfunctional families, right? They attack uh, the character of those around them. And if, if they don't get something that they want, if they don't get the validation that they want, if they don't get the uh, approval that they want, if people around them aren't doing the things that make them feel better or help reduce their anxiety, the only thing they know how to do is to lash out and attack people at their core, to tear them down, to indulge in character assassination. I can see that. Um, so when you say obligation, what you mean is fear of attack. Okay. Um, now, I'm afraid you just said that too quickly, and that means that I didn't quite get you to connect with it, which is fine. And Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I, I guess I was expecting more of an impact in my mind. 
because um, I mean, it it does seem a bit it does seem a uh, obvious uh, that I'm afraid of attack. You know, and that's what we've talked about in the past with my parents is that that's that's pretty much their core defense mechanism is just to attack others. But but uh, and the reason that I paused on this is that you kept telling me about obligation and guilt. Sure, but that's not the reality of the situation, right? Um, no. The reality of the situation is you're terrified they're going to attack you, and I don't blame you, right? I would be too. Sure. Right, so it is fear of abuse, not obligation, not guilt. That's why I mentioned that the Catholics, the Catholic guilt is associated with the abusive retaliation of God in the form of hell and eternal brimstone and fire and you know, you're, you're boiling alive and never dying, and, right? So guilt just means a terror of abuse. Yeah, um, uh, uh, definitely in this. It, it, are you saying in all cases or just in uh, this particular case? Well, I certainly think that it's a broad enough generalization that's valuable. That's where I'd start with every case. I, I haven't come across one that's not that way, right? Like I don't, I don't come home at the end of the day with flowers for my wife because I'm afraid that she's going to be mad at me if I don't. Well, sure. I do it because it gives her joy, uh, it makes her happy, that makes me happy, and so on, right? You don't listen to the podcast <laughs> that I produce because I call you up and say, well, I guess you're just not at all interested in philosophy, are you? I guess you just want to run through your life doing whatever the hell you want with no regard to the feelings of others, blah, 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 right? Because I hope that they give you some kind of pleasure, right? And yeah, sure. uh, so those, that's positive motivation. What I call negative economics is the things that we do to avoid punishment, not in the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, and that's, uh, that's, I think that's the core difference. Uh, and it's, it just goes back to um, comparing my relationship with my parents as opposed to a, a, someone that I would consider my friend um, is that um, with a friend, it's a, you're trading a value for a value. Um, with your parents, it's uh, avoiding punishment. Right, and that's, uh, that's uh, a perfectly noble and right thing to do when you're a child, and as an adult, it's not, right, as you have choices. But yep. what, what I say that you will get six to 12 months free, what I mean is free of attack, of character assassination. Mm -hmm. At least from your parents, right? Lord knows other extended families might stampede in and do this, that, and the other, but you need to know what life is like without careening like a pinball from one abusive situation to another with regards to your parents. Yeah. Because you don't know and what the... that's like yet, right? And, and you can imagine it and so on, but you still have this hump to get over. But once you're over it, and a month or two afterwards, and of course, you have to examine all your relationships in this context, right? Because the, the, the driver is going to be, the, the instinct for you is going to be that it's going to be disorienting to be in a situation where you're not getting emotionally punched. It's mm -hmm. going to be disorienting. And you're going to feel anxiety, right? And that's all the historical anxiety, and you're going to want to manage that anxiety by getting punched. I mean, it sounds weird, but it's what people do. Right? A lot of people go out and get... When they do food, they'll, they'll get tattoos, they'll get piercings, they'll because they're just used to being attacked. Right? And they just do it in some other way, or they, they start abusing substances, or I'm not saying this is true of you or anything like that, but you have to be careful, right, that you don't give up 
something that is awful but you're used to for something else that is equally awful just to avoid the anxiety of what is released when you're no longer in a situation of danger. Yeah. Have you, have you actually uh, have people that do things like that? I'm just curious. That... Yes, yes, yes. And, and this is in conversation with them directly. So. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, again, I'm not saying that you go off and join the Merchant Marine. There's no one gets oh, no. on your forehead. But it, what is going to happen is, is that the relationships that you chose prior to seeing the attack that you were subjected to by your parents, the relationships that you chose, you chose not seeing the fear of attack that your parents inflicted on you. And those relationships are going to need to be evaluated, right? Not, not sure. rejected, but just evaluated in that light. Sure. I do think I have a, a leg up, though. I mean, I haven't, I haven't lived in the same state as them in uh, probably three years. And uh, we don't talk that much. And uh, when I do, you know, it's, like I said, it's always the weather-type uh, conversations. So. Well, no, and I understand those conversations are not uh, directly abusive towards you, but the only reason you have them is because you fear being attacked, right? It's, it's the fact that those conversations are occurring that is the evidence of the prior attacks, not what's being said in the conversations now. And that will change, I guarantee you, that that will change when your parents have some kind of leverage over you, right? The reason that they're more pleasant and are willing to not be aggressive or abusive is because you're far away and they mm -hmm. don't need anything from you right now. But the moment that they need something from you, if they get sick or they whatever, right, then all the old tricks will come out, right? Yep. Uh... Yeah, and uh, it's definitely something I would want to free myself of.